gospel according to Matthew chapter 26. Then Jesus went with his disciples to a place called Gethsemane, and he said to them, Sit here while I go over there and pray. He took Peter and the two sons of Zebedee along with him, and he began to be sorrowful and troubled. Then he said to them, My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Stay here and keep watching. Going a little further, he fell with his face to the ground and prayed, My father, if it is possible, may this cup be taken from you. Yet not as I will, but as you will. Then he returned to his disciples and found them sleeping. Couldn't you men keep watch with me for one hour? He asked Peter. Watch and pray so that you will not fall in temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. He went away a second time and prayed, My father, if it is not, if it is not possible for this cup to be taken away unless I drink it, your will be done. When he came back, he again found them sleeping, because their eyes were heavy. So he left them and went away once more, and prayed the third time, saying the same thing. Then he returned to the disciples and said to them, Are you still sleeping and resting? Look, the hour has come, and the Son of Man is delivered into the hands of sinners. Rise, let us go. God will add a blessing to the reading of his word. When... When our son Noah was five years old, he had open heart surgery, and I remember pretty much every detail of those days we spent at the hospital. But one of the memories that I expect is going to last long after the others have faded happened in the first 24 hours after the surgery. He was in ICU, of course, and the nurse at Children's was, she was remarkable. And they had an incredible protocol for managing pain in, in little children after such major surgery. But eventually they had to let him gain some awareness and, and slowly bring him back. And, and, you know, when he came out of surgery, he was just lying flat on his back. He had tubes and wires and coming out seen from every part of his body. Well, during this process of being brought a little bit at a time to awareness, he would cry out. You know, he'd cry out, Daddy, or cry out, Mommy. And Jennifer and I had, were there. We were sitting in chairs next to his bed. Sometimes we were lying in the bed with him. And whenever he would cry out, Daddy or Mommy, we would just squeeze his hand and say, No, we love you, and he seemed to settle a little. We weren't doing anything for him. We weren't taking his pain away. We weren't changing the circumstance. But there seemed to be something helpful for us just to be there. What I find beyond fascinating in our story today that we just read is that Jesus Christ, God in the flesh, when he was going through his own horrible darkness and suffering, wanted his friends to just be there to watch over him. <coughs> My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. Now I want to make a disclaimer this morning. I find this entire story of Christ in Gethsemane to be saturated with mystery, with divine numinous. And when I read it, it's mostly like a cloud of unknowing for me. Now obviously through the years I've read plenty of commentaries on it, I've, I've heard a bunch of people teaching on it, but all of it always leaves me wanting. Because I feel as though something has been distilled that 
shouldn't be distilled. I feel almost as though things are reduced for the sake of clarity, but maybe this story isn't supposed to be that clear. It seems you read the story and the whole is so much more than just the sum of its parts. Whenever it's being read or when I'm reading it, I feel really that I should just take my shoes off because it's holy ground. Let it haunt me because it's a haunting story and not even try to figure it out. And so this morning, I'm not going to try to open up this story for us verse by verse the way we tend to look at other passages. I just want to focus on this one request of Christ to his friends. Stay here and watch with And then we're actually going to do an exercise together along the lines of this request. The first thing I want to do is take the time to read it together in many different translations to just let it start to sink in. Okay, so I'm just going to call out people I know that are on the reading list. If I put up, when I put it up, if you would be so kind as to just read it for me. Michael, would you read this first one, please? He told them, my soul is crushed with grief. Stay here and keep watching. And Annette? Then he said to them, my soul is deeply grieved to the point of death. Remain here and keep watch with me. Paul? And he said, he unto them, my soul is exceedingly sorrowful, even unto death. Carry me here, and watch with me. Linda. And saying he to them, exceedingly sorrowful is my soul, unto death. Abide me here, and watch with me. Trish. And he said to them, my soul has sorrow even to death. Wait for me here and keep watch with me. Now these last three, uh, these last three really seem to, for me anyway, capture this. So this is the Weymouth Mark. And he said to them, My soul is crushed with anguish to the very point of death. Wait here and keep awake with me. Romney. Then he said to them, My anguish is so great that I feel as if I'm dying. Wait here and stay awake with me. And this is the International Standard Version. Then he told them, I'm so deeply grieved that I feel I'm about to die. Wait here and stay awake with me. I feel I'm about to die. This is tremendous suffering that Christ was going through. Tremendous. And if we go over to Luke chapter 22, we find an even more startling observation that gives us a little grasp of, of just how horror, horrific this was. An angel from heaven appeared to him and strengthened him. In being in anguish, he prayed more earnestly, and his sweat was like drops of blood falling to the ground. You know, I've, got, I've become ill before because I've been in so much pain, but I've never sweat drops of blood. I don't know about you. But what amazes me is this happened after an angel came and strengthened him. After. Do you see what I mean about this just being filled with divine mystery? This story? So the Christ is in utter agony, obviously. 
and he asked his friends to watch over him. Now, obviously, from the story, we know that the disciples failed him here. But I think they get sold out way too much, way too much. Almost every commentary, every teaching just, just is so harsh on the disciples. But Jesus himself wasn't even harsh on them. Jesus knew it had been a long emotional day. It had been a long emotional week. And they had just long into the night celebrated Passover. And at this feast that they had been at, Jesus told them some unbelievable things, including basically goodbye in so many words, I'm leaving you. They were exhausted. Should they have stayed awake? Sure, but I think Jesus got it and forgave them in that. However, it's the request that matters to us. Think about this. If God in the flesh wanted someone to watch over him during his most deepest agony. And let me make a quick side note here. One of the mysteries that I think this story points to is that this was the pinnacle of Christ's suffering on earth. As horrible as the end of his suffering for us was on the cross, the way this story reads, this was the pinnacle of it. So if, while God in the flesh in his most darkest moment, wants someone to watch over him, then I think it is only right that we all recognize that the most sacred responsibility we have as followers of Jesus Christ is to watch over each other during our own suffering. We all know suffering. Some of us know deep suffering. In fact, this little community of believers has gone through unbelievable suffering in the last 12 months. And I think that it is very human, very natural, very much the image of God to want to be watched over when we're suffering. The writer of the Proverbs certainly understood this. A friend loves at all times, and a brother is born for a time of adversity. We're all brothers and sisters. We were born to be here for each other when we're suffering. Now, I know we're all different. We all have different personalities. Some of us probably like to be completely alone when we're suffering. I get that sort of like me. But I'm not talking about having to have conversation. I'm not talking about having to listen to words of encouragement. Though those things I think are good in time and place. But even Jesus here didn't say to his disciples, hey, talk to me. He just said, just be here with me. Just be here. Watch over me. I think as believers and as the body of Christ, we are called to watch over each other in suffering, both literally and figuratively. Figuratively is just being aware of what those around us are going through. It's not being so caught up in our own personal preservation that we don't even realize everyone around us is suffering. <coughs> the great sin 
Self-preservation. Figuratively watching over is being aware. Being available should they want our presence, our words, our help. Letting each other know we're praying for you. We're thinking of you. And literally, I think we're called to watch over when those times do present themselves. When people are suffering, being willing to be with them. Sit with them quietly, hold their hands. Clean their house, make them food. Be involved. You know, when we have family members who are dying, we all gather around. We literally watch. We sit vigil. Annette went all the way to Arizona this year to sit vigil with her brother while he was dying. Cynthia has missed most of church last six months because she's been sitting vigil for her sister who is in her last days of fighting cancer. Aaron's wife, Christy, sat vigil while her brother-in-law passed away earlier this year. Jill... I had the privilege of sitting vigil with Joe and Sam while our grandpa was in his last hours. We do that, don't we? And it's a good thing. Well, as members of the body of Christ, we're all family. We're family. And whether our suffering is unto death or not, I think we should be sitting vigil with each other watching over each other. So now we're going to do an exercise. And I know this is going to take some of us way out of our comfort zones, especially Dave. <laughs> but I really want that we all do it. I know there's a couple visitors today, but I'd encourage you to participate too, because the beauty of Canaan is whether you're here once or a thousand times, it's your church too. Besides, the call to love others unconditionally, right, Tito, takes us way out of our comfort zones, especially when it's our enemies. So, let's see if we can practice this. The first thing I want is on this side of the room is every other person, I just want you to stand up, just so there's not two people sitting next to each other. Just every other person stand up. And if those who are standing could just come right down to the front here. Bring your palm crosses. You're going to need, and if you didn't make crosses, bring a palm. Okay, great. No, you can't be next to each other. You, Kim, you could have just slid over in the end if you wanted. We might have to end up going somewhere to it. Okay. Now, same thing on this side. Every other person, just stand up. Sam, you need to stay there because you need to play some music. Every other person on this side, stand up. Okay? And those of you who are standing, please go sit next to someone that's sitting down over there. And try to sit next to someone you don't know that well. I got to Good. And 
Actually, so Lexi still needs someone. So, Chris, you go sit next to Lexi. That'd be great. And if we, and then, Drew, I'm going to be your partner. Drew and I are going to be partners. Now, people that are here, if you just go and sit next to someone over here, and if we don't have enough, then match up here, but with someone you don't know. We'll just find a seat. I'm going to get And Sam needs someone. Sam and Joy need someone. Do we have anyone for Joy? That's perfect. So Joy, you can triple up with Paul and Ian. That's perfect. Okay. Here's what's going to happen. I'm going to Sam's going to play some music for us. Okay. And while the music's playing. I want us to share with the person we're with one particular burden we have in our life. We all have them. Like I'm sure Annette will share that she just lost a brother. That burden's not going anywhere anytime soon. And whether it's something like that, or whether it's, I can't pay my bills, whatever your burden is that you carry right now, share it with that person. Take your mask off. Trust the person next to you, even though you might not know them. No one's going to be announcing it. It's not going anywhere. Share that burden. And after we share our burdens with each other, let's give each other our palm cross. And that's going to be our symbol of that person's burden that we're going to take with us. And we're going to remember them. And we're going to pray for them. And we're going to be purposeful about watching over them. Check in with each other, maybe, and see how they're doing with that burden that you are agreeing to carry. And listen, I'm aware this is no easy exercise. I'm aware we're taking on a responsibility that, quite frankly, some of us might not want right now. But you know what? If this is what being a Christian is, as St. Paul has said, and we've been looking at this for years, let no one seek his own good but that of his neighbor, then I don't think it's too great of a responsibility, and I think we should take it on. And I think we should be serious about taking it on. And I think as we participate in watching over the other, we're going to discover it's actually a privilege. And maybe we're going to discover we're actually watching over the Christ himself. Because we're all one with him. He's in us all. When we're done sharing, if I can just ask you to stay right in your seats. Johanna is eventually going to sing a song for us that's going to lead us to the communion table. And we can come and take communion from the seats we're in. And maybe today, taking communion, we'll be extra more aware of just we are one with each other. We're responsible for each other. Let's share it together. And then after communion, naturally, you can make your way back to your own seats. But let's practice now watching over each other. Okay, so.
Thank you.